Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Dirt, an audio drama, is a production of Studio 5705. Chapter 5 The four of us walk for minutes without talking, but it's a comfortable silence. Salvador and Maria are holding hands. Antonia walks slightly behind them, and I walk a little behind her and to the side, in a bit of a daze, clutching the metal detector like a Christmas present. Its rubber handle is cold and grimy. In fact, the whole thing is grimy, probably from years of resting in who knows how many garages or barns or basements or sheds. I don't have any proof that this is Imo's beeper, but right now, I don't want to entertain any other possibility. In my head, I recite the letter's second stanza. Begin your search where flowers grow, familiar, yet the Father knows, not what the gift to grant to you, until you ask where we first sowed. We get to the edge of the peach orchard, and Salvador stops. He points to a low stump in the ground. This is the spot. This is what's left of the very first peach tree that Imor and Ernesto planted. There were nine rows here. This was the very first one. Ernesto kept its roots in the ground as a way of remembering the beginning. My family knows this place very well, Joseph. It's as close to sacred as it gets in the farm. Mr. Flores, you said that my grandfather told you that I was coming here. How is that possible? He did tell me. He told me 31 years ago, before he died. He wrote a letter to me and Maria on that stationery that he and your grandmother always used. He told me that one day when you were all grown up, that you'd come here and ask for something. Something that would only have meaning to you. You know we've been wondering when that day would come. And then yesterday you just show up out of nowhere. Joseph, how did you know to come back? (sighs) I haven't told you guys this yet. I received a letter from Imo too. Or at least 
A letter that was supposed to look like it was from Imo. Mine arrived in the mail two weeks ago. Dios mio. And I haven't told anyone except my sister. And now you three. <laughs> and you know how Imo was. Assuming he did write it, and someone isn't messing with us. He isn't making any of this easy. <laughs> His letter is a poem. With vague clues. That are supposed to help me find something. It's all I've been able to think about since I got it. I'm even dreaming about it. And now, I'm here. Holding something from his past that I never expected to find or need. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I need it in order to get the thing that I'm supposed to find. <laughs> I don't even know if it works anymore. I have no idea how to use a metal detector, but thankfully, it's simple looking. It's basically three parts. A blue metal box with some dials and meters and a small metal speaker. Extending from the box is a narrow metal tube about three feet long. And at the end of the tube, a flat disc. I'm not really clear about what to do first, but there is a pretty obvious on-off switch. So I switch it on. Oh. Oh, wait. Here's a battery check switch. Let me try... Nope. Looks like it's out of juice. Makes sense if it's been sitting here all this time. Yeah. Try those two latches on the box. I bet that's where the batteries are. I carefully undo the clasps, and sure enough, there are two housings, each holding numerous AA batteries that look very old. Oh, looks like we need a lot of them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> wow, 14. It's okay. We have a lot of them in the main shop. Martin! Martin! Ben! Martin will get us some. He's got his four-wheeler. <laughs> What do you mean, assuming Imo wrote the letter? Do you have your doubts? Maybe? I don't know. I guess I'm just the kind of person who needs proof. Yeah, my mom always said, don't trust anybody. I mean, the stationery? The handwriting? The way it's worded? It all looks pretty authentic. Here, take a look. I take the letter out of my jacket pocket and hand it to Salvador. Maria and Antonia crowd near him as they take a moment to read it quietly. Okay, so, I just have to ask. Your letter was sent here where you've always lived. But mine was sent to an address he couldn't have known to send it to. So, assuming he did write it, that would mean he made arrangements with someone back then to send it today. Right? And if so, who is that? Huh. That's a very good question. And then, 
a couple of weeks after getting the letter in the mail, I just happened to find Antonia's license on the street? Which helps me connect parts of the letter to this place? Oh, it wasn't us, if that's what you're thinking. We never knew about any plans he had to send anything to you. But you all knew about the letter from 31 years ago. All this time. I look at Antonia when I say this. She and I spent every day together during those summers, when we were teenagers. She never once mentioned any kind of letter or quest or magic destiny having to do with me coming back here to find something someday. I didn't know until this morning. My father told me just before you and my mom joined us at the barn. Well, if the new batteries make this thing work, I have reason to believe, or rather, let's say this letter suggests, that there's something here in the ground that, I don't know, that's supposed to give me knowledge about a trail to follow. Ah, <sighs> I'm sorry. This whole thing is making me crazy. And I should be at work right now. Mr. Flores, if this thing works, will it be okay if I dig here? You really believe this is the spot? I have a strong hunch that it is. Then by all means, Joseph, do what must be done. Do you mind if we stay here with you? I'd very much like that. Yes. It takes a little work to pry the old batteries from the housings without breaking anything. Fortunately, Salvador asked Martin to bring tools and a small shovel and a rag, too. So I quickly scraped some corrosion off the connectors with a flathead screwdriver and wiped them as clean as I can. The new batteries snap in perfectly, and as soon as the last one is in... Whoa. Well, I guess it still works. But I feel like it shouldn't keep making this noise. Isn't this the noise that it makes when it finds something? Maybe back off on the tuner? Yeah, that one. I think that's what you use to zero out the readings. Here. Salvador tosses his keys on the ground in front of me. I take a couple of steps forward and hover the disc over the ground and wave it back and forth on top of them. Nice. Okay, I guess we're in business. Oh, this is exciting. And nerve-wracking. The peach tree trunk isn't very wide, maybe a foot at most. I take a deep breath and position the disc over the ground to the left of the trunk and slowly move it back and forth. There's no change in the buzzing sound or the intensity meter, so I move a few steps forward and do the same thing, and immediately... Huh. I try to be careful and not disrupt the ground too much. I dig for about 15 seconds before I unearth ah, a metal screw. 
Yeah, I'm not surprised. Who knows what's buried everywhere? Nails, staples, pruners, maybe even tractor parts. Oh. Hey, let's save those if you find any. I refill the hole and continue moving the disc over the ground near the trunk. I try to be methodical and not miss any ground, moving away from the trunk in sections in all directions. After about five minutes, I put the coin master down and look over at my audience. Doesn't look like anything's here. Dang it. I mean, I guess I could keep going farther out, expand the circle. But I would think that whatever it is would be right here. At least, that's where I'd put it. Joseph, how did the clue in your letter read? It said where we first sewed, right? Yeah, sewed. Well, sowed usually means putting seeds in the ground. But fruit trees are often planted as young trees, not seeds. Oh, Mirala. Or they get started as scions grafted onto existing rootstock. I mean, they may have planted these first peach trees as seeds. I don't actually know. Do you, Papa? You know, I don't know. I mean, it was different back then. Not always like today. Well, if they didn't use seeds for the trees, then maybe where we first sowed is a reference to a garden? Ah. Assuming I meant it literally. It's a poem, so I guess you never know. Oh. There was a garden? Oh, yes. A big one. A big one? Like, how big? Well, it was pretty small at first. Just things like carrots, beets, lettuce, and beans, I think. We have old pictures of it in the house. Mm -hmm. Hey, we could walk back and look through them. They're probably in the office. I mean, it would take a while, but... Oh, I could make lunch. Joseph. Can you stay for lunch while we look? Uh, you think the pictures are on the office? Or would they be with Aunt Celia? She's got most of them from back in those days. I can drive over to Grandview and get them. We could call ahead of time and see. But wait. We could we... also check with the Valley Historical Society. Mm -hmm. They may have pictures in their archive. No, no. Although... We need to keep looking oh, right here. The... I want to throw something. Scream out. Pound my fist into a wall. Maybe smash this detector. A second ago, we were about to discover something. Maybe even something fantastic. And now? Now we're talking about a garden that no longer exists. A garden that might take hours of research to locate its original spot. And hours or days of metal detecting and digging up more screws and nails and tractor parts. Hours and days that I don't have. It's already mid-morning, and I know the texts and emails are piling up. I should have been on the road by now. I look around at this beautiful place that means so much to me, and I try to feel gratitude for the reconnection to it all, and the people who live here. But I'm also ashamed and embarrassed. Suddenly embarrassed for getting caught up in it all. For going against my better judgment, and thinking that something strange or magical or sublime might happen here. For letting myself believe that this was all real, that Imo wanted me to be here and that there was actually something here in the ground for me to- Whoa. What is it doing? Is it going off all by itself? It's, it's shaking. 
I slowly walk over to the detector. I'm almost afraid to touch it, like it's possessed. I grab the handle and move the disc from its current spot. I move it back and it goes nuts. I mean, it is old. Maybe it shorted out earlier? It doesn't take much until the shovel hits something hard, about four inches down. It could just be a rock, but a rock wouldn't set off the detector like this. With some effort, I pulled the object out of the ground and brush and blow off as much dirt and small clinging tree roots as I can. I can feel Maria, Salvador, and Antonia behind me gazing in astonishment. I hold it up for them to see what I see. <gasps> it looks like a jewelry box. Joseph, are you okay? I wipe my eyes with my sleeve. I don't know why I'm crying. I grab the rag and wipe the dirt off the box. There's a tiny pin holding the latch closed that I'm able to slip out of place. I walk over to the others, and then I open the lid. The cloth that lines the inside of the box is tattered and weathered, probably from being in the ground without a perfect seal. In the center of the box rests a small, sealed plastic bag, folded in half, and then folded in half again. I ask Maria if she'll hold the box while I open the bag. Inside of the bag is a folded piece of familiar stationery, plus something small and metal a tiny key. I place the key in my pocket for safekeeping, and I read the note out loud. Hello, little Joey. Though probably not so little now. <laughs> Please tell my friends their hello. <laughs> uh, I'm a says hi? <laughs> this is the start of finding things. From here, there are six before the last. Imo. Oh my. That's all? That's all. What do you think it means? Sorry. <sighs> I think it ties in with the letter somehow. And maybe some old movies, too. The letter says, search there for knowledge in the ground. Then follow down the trail laid out. So I guess this is the start of the trail. A trail that I have no idea how to follow. Even so, I do know what I need to do next. Mr. Flores, this box was buried on your property, so it belongs to you. But I think this must be the gift that the letter refers to. May I have it? It's yours. Thank you. And 
Could I ask for one more thing? Of course, Joseph. You don't have to ask for that. The detector is yours now. I look around at the farm, now bathed in mid-morning golden light. I think I'm starting to believe. I manage to get on the road by noon, but not before Maria feeds me again. As we eat, Salvador shows me their letter from Imo. He asks what I'll do next. I tell him the truth, that I'm not sure. But I let them know that Kim is helping me figure things out, and I'd like their help too. He also gives me the security code for the gate for the next time I visit, 1943. The four of us exchange mobile numbers and we agree to keep everything to ourselves for now, until we can make more sense of it all. You come up as Sterling Archer on my phone now, when you call from this line. From that cartoon? It's actually an adult animated series. But yeah. I mean, a second phone line, disguises, fleeing to remote locations. It fits. Huh. I kind of like it. You're on your way back now? Yeah. And you'll go straight home since you didn't bring a change of clothes with you. Future Mel strikes again. Well, things seem to be under control here. You must have gotten back to some people last night. I did. I also looked at a ton of costume jaywalker footage last night. You know, I had a thought... You want me to see if there's any traffic cam footage of the intersection from before you almost got killed. Have you always been like this? And you probably figure that our way in with the city or the police or whatever is to frame it up as an agency request, so we can release some fun facts about how and why Costume Jaywalker went viral so quickly. I mean, that's totally in our wheelhouse, so it makes sense. News outlets eat that stuff up. Wow. Okay. I have nothing to add. Have you made any inroads? I reached out to some contacts at a few places. I did hear back from someone at Lingcod. They have a contract to archive and run analytics on all city-owned surveillance camera footage. She's into the idea of partnering because if we do something fun with it, it's good publicity for them, too. Lingcod? <laughs> what a name. By the way, there are a lot of cameras in Belltown. I'm going to have to be more careful where I smoke. My mom thinks I quit. I thought you quit, too. Depends on the day. Right. Okay. Well, for this to work, it has to be run as a real project, with real deliverables. Otherwise, we'll just add strange on top of strange. You've been wanting to project manage for a while, right? How about we make this your first project? I already put it in the queue. <laughs> okay. Vahan from Analytics is interested. I think I have Dana from Strategy, too. Dana? I'm not sure she's right for this. How about Anna? She's better with social. Sure. <laughs> okay. So, 
If our own people are going to be closely analyzing the footage, it probably goes without saying that I can't I be... I know. I'll steer people away from any chance of recognizing you. Okay. Here I was hoping costume Jaywalker would fade into obscurity. Now we're going to take a closer look at it. Nice. You know, if we get what we need from the footage before the project gets going, we can always find a reason to kill it. Maybe. <laughs> right. Sorry. It's your project. This will be good for you. Something different. Oh, Mel. I meant to say this right off the bat. I'm going to be remote the rest of the week. I can still check in with you and others a few times a day. I just need to take care of a few more things. I can let the inner six know. Anyone else you want me to notify? Uh... If you could just work with Angela to take a look at my meetings and assign people to lead them. Right now's a good time for people to step up anyway. Also, I'm guessing you have ways of looking into people's backgrounds? I need to have a check done on somebody named Salvador Flores in Yakima County. I just need to know if anything's there. Actually, never mind. I shouldn't involve you in my personal matters. I'll make it happen. Are you doing okay? Oh, sure. Just peachy. Dirt, an audio drama, is presented by Studio 5705 and is written, directed, and produced by me, Chris Cayella. This chapter features the voice talents of Jonathan Fuentes as Salvador, Anna Noval as Maria, Megan Morales as Antonia, and Jesse Brown as Mel. I play the part of Joseph. For more information about Dirt, an audio drama, please visit dirtaudiodrama.com. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app or platform. And please, spread the word. Thank you very much for listening. The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish. 
Forgive me, Father. For I have sinned. It's been six months. Since my last confession. What would you like to confess today? I have decades of failings I could recap here. Today, I want to confess the worst thing I've ever done. Uh, okay. Uh, lots to unpack here. I can be kind of a crap husband. I took eight years of my life and lit it on fire in a matter of five hours. So I did what any self-respecting father would do. I am. Um, <laughs> lightly dosed his Gatorade with a powerful laxative. And I guess sorry for making out in the confessional. Since confession is about talking to God, I felt he had a right to know what you've done. What I've done? What did I do? Are you kidding? Do you love Emily? What the hell kind of question is that? Well, you're not going to absolve me? That's the whole point. Please leave the sacrament to the professional. Where do you get off talking to me like this? <clears throat> Excuse me? What the f- Who is there? Forgive Me, a comedy podcast from Rogue Dialogue.